0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out this week. So today it's an all-pet day here on Creature Comforts. The doors to our pet hospital are wide open, and we welcome all your pet questions. The weather still feels like the dog days of summer, so we got to pay a little bit of extra attention to our furry friends. So you can call in with your pet questions. And also we always look for your general wildlife experiences or brushes with nature. We'd like to hear you share those with us. So give us a call. The number is 1877 MPB ring. It's 1877672. 7464, or you can email the show, send it to animals at org. Just a reminder that if you miss Creature Comforts on Thursday morning, it repeats every Saturday morning at 6. Good morning, Dr. Major. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Uh, Just fighting the traffic to get here. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a challenge in the the Jackson metro area for sure. Right. Uh, Libby's out today and she usually gives us events. We do have a couple to mention. The first one is that the Brandon Kennel Club and the Mississippi State Kennel Club will be hosting a four-day all-breed dog show happening at the Mississippi Trademark Building until Sunday. Also, the Mississippi Science Fest at the Lafleur Museum District is nine days away. That comes up on September 21st. The Southeast Tourism Society recently named that event as a top 20 event for 2019. Also just a reminder if you're looking for general events to uh, do throughout the weekend and throughout the week all across Mississippi, you can go to mpbonline.org/events. That's where our events calendar is and I said you can find events of all different kinds there on our webpage. So uh, we're going to be taking pet questions, the number is 1877 mpb ring. It's 1877672. 7464 you can email your question as well send it to animals at org. now sometimes on pet day when things get going we get kind of uh, jammed up on the phone line so if you have a pet question this morning why don't you jump on the phones early to make sure that you can get your question answered so dr major i'd like to start out with a a personal question a friend of mine and i are going shoe shopping today because his uh, dog chewed up one of his shoes Uh, it's a golden golden doodle puppy and I guess all puppies kind of go through that uh, teething stage, chewing stage. Uh, what are some other reasons that dogs might be kind of chewing things up around the house?
1: Great question. <clears throat> Certain breeds seem to be, uh, I'll say, worse or more apt to do that than others. Labs and golden retrievers, uh, and I suppose golden doodles fall in that same category. Uh, it's a puppy thing. And, of course, usually it's a puppy thing. There may be older dogs that do that as well. Uh but in general it's uh you could say possibly teething uh is one of the things and I tell people with a, a large breed puppy especially put your valuable things up that you don't want you know your be- the dog will go automatically to your best purse or your best <laughs> pair of shoes and uh they would rather have one out of a pair That's of it. shoes and then maybe pick another one later so <clears throat> yes um, i would give uh toys to play with mm-hmm. uh something to chew on there are very few things that are indestructible uh we have bought several for our large dog and eventually she will uh eviscerate it uh at some point and then it looks like uh a snowstorm has been in in the room (laughs) but uh it is very common usually i say with the lab if you get them past a year and a half two years you're free on the other hand uh there's are some that continue to chew and gnaw on things very little you can do i mean there are things that you can spray on uh furniture this sort of thing to try to repel the dog but if they want to chew on something they're going to do it
0: also could it be maybe some boredom or anxiousness and maybe just making sure that you're giving your pet you know uh good chances for exercise attention uh, throughout the day maybe that might help the problem
1: that helps a lot and uh Speaking of exercising, you're probably going to bring that up next, but, you know, it's so hot right now. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful. We had a little uh, fairly large chihuahua yesterday that uh, had heat stroke, and uh, it had been in the yard probably an hour and a half, two hours, and it, uh temperature was 108. Uh, the dog's body temperature was 108 wow. when it came in. It's doing, I stopped by the clinic this morning. It's doing well this morning, it seems like. But if it's sustained temperature of that high, certainly you can have brain damage and, uh, and death. Uh, it's not uncommon. But uh, be very careful with your dogs. Make sure they've got plenty of water. And the same thing is true with cats. Uh, cats are a little bit less apt to get uh, heat stroke, but they can, especially if they're confined in a certain area. Goes without saying about your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's best not to be traveling with your pets right now, at least if you're going to
0: be uh, shopping or something like that. So it's better to uh, leave them at home. Are there some early signs uh, with the dogs, especially uh, <clears throat> that that might indicate that they're getting a little bit hot and that you need to maybe get them out of the heat, make sure they're hydrated, that sort of thing? Right. Usually
1: heat exhaustion would be first uh, and excessive panning, uh, just... Uh, maybe being lethargic at the same time by that laying down when you would think they wouldn't be, but be very careful, especially, too, if you're at a lake, uh, the dog's in and out of the water, you think, well, they're okay, but they can still overheat uh, if they're playing during this uh, excessive heat span. Uh, I think we're expecting, what, 97, 98 again today, and uh, certainly be
0: aware. Also, one of the reminders you give that I think is a good one is remember their paws. So if you're walking your dog out on a sidewalk or on the street or whatever, be mindful of the heat uh, that they will get uh, through the, their paw pads.
1: Invariably, this time of year, we'll see uh, maybe not a lot of dogs, but there will be several that will come in where the pads have actually been burned. Uh, asphalt is worse uh, than, say, concrete. But still, if they're out running, uh, if you're uh, jogging with your dog, the asphalt, uh, certainly we see that they burn the pads. We've had some where all, all the pads just about have been burned off.
0: And you're right, uh, at least here in central Mississippi, I think this heat spell is worse than the one we had off, uh, probably the end of July, I guess it was. But uh, you, you know it's really hot when the weatherman is rejoicing when the, you know, the feels like temperatures are only in the 90s. <laughs> right, that's exactly right. <laughs> all right, we've got our first caller on the line, so why don't we say good morning, Uh, To Jill, who has called in. Good morning, Jill. What do you have for us?
2: Good morning. I have an older male lab, and he seems to be having uh, problems urinating. Sometimes he'll try, and then maybe just a little bit comes out at the end. Uh, I've had his prostate checked out, and um, it doesn't seem to be enlarged or maybe slightly. I just wondered if uh, there would be any way I could change his diet or what I might give him that would help him or what else might be going on.
1: A couple of things. First of all, how old
2: is this dog? Well, he was a stray. Okay. So I'm estimating at least 10 and maybe, you know, 12, right. 10 to 12.
1: 10 plus or minus, probably plus, so I right. guess. Is he intact or has he been neutered?
2: He's been neutered.
1: And that generally uh, helps from the standpoint of prostate. Uh, certainly, um, a dog can have benign prostatic hypertrophy just like uh, men can have.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: yeah. neutering is, is one of the better ways to prevent that. However, yeah. there are dogs that uh, may have an enlarged prostate, and usually that is one of the causes of straining to urinate. The other things yeah. could be, uh, if have have you had a urinalysis done?
2: Yes, okay. and uh, while there was a, a little bacteria, uh, it didn't seem to be significant. Right,
1: and no sign of crystals or stones.
2: No, none okay. that I was okay. told about. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, I would suggest uh, possibly changing the diet. Uh, I don't know what he's eating now. Uh, uh,
2: pedigree dry, okay. uh, at night, a couple of dollops of, um, wet food. Right. Sounds like his.
1: he's, he's, is he overweight?
2: No. Okay. He, good. <clears throat> he's probably borderline. No, he's not even borderline. Okay. So you, you know, I can feel his ribs. And
1: stuff right. And he's there. in, he's in good physical condition for his age. It sounds yes, like.
2: Yes. And I take him yeah. for a walk at least once a day of at least a half a mile. Okay.
1: Well, it sounds like you're doing everything pretty much right. Uh, talk to your vet about possibly changing food to one that may be a little bit more uh, kidney bladder friendly. Uh, okay. And I would suggest to have your analysis done maybe again if it hadn't been, uh, okay. if it's been a little while, just to be sure there's nothing that would um, point out any type of UTI right. or right. some other problem. So right. Best okay. of luck with you, with him, okay. and. Uh... Okay. Sound like you're taking good care of this dog, so. I'm trying. Oh, I understand. Great.
0: <clears throat> thank you.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jill. Good to hear from you this morning. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, an all pet day with Dr. Troy Major. Need to take our first break of the hour. When we get back, we'll be looking for your pet questions. David's on the line from Mobile. David, if you would hold on through the break, we'll get to your question. We also have an email to get to. And if you have a question you'd like to send via email, send it to animals at mpbonline.org. And to call in your question, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. The number to call is 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more Creature Comforts, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major. Today we're taking your pet questions. And also if you have a brush with nature that you'd like to share with us, you can give us a call as well. The number to join our conversation, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. Back to the phone lines we go. David's held on through the break uh, from Mobile. So, David, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please.
3: Great. Thank you. Uh, Talking about uh, diets as far as uh, dogs, we have a um, um, three-year-old Maltese Shizu uh, mix. Okay. And uh, first time in my life, I have been uh, blessed with a picky eater. (laughs) Okay, So... uh, we, and could I mention a brand sure. uh, as far as what we're feeding? Sure. Okay. We are feeding her uh, the dry Merrick okay. and uh, then uh, a Merrick uh, canned. Okay. And she, you know, does, doesn't. Uh, so we have started um, mixing, um, you know, things like uh, we'll scramble an egg and, you know, a couple times a, a week, um, fresh salmon, and we, uh, you know, uh, boil and break that up. Uh, we get uh, uh, you know, uh, chicken uh, tenders and, you know, boil and shred that. Uh, and things like uh, brown rice, vegetables, you know, green beans, carrots, sweet potatoes, uh, pumpkin, you know, the whole bit, just kind of, uh, you know, mixing it up.
1: How how old is is this dog?
3: Three years. Okay. Good. So what is the wisdom of doing things like that versus just uh, the straight uh, canned dog food and the dry food?
1: You know, as long as you're adding things like things that you mentioned, I have no problems with that, adding it to the food that she has. I guess you're mixing it in with it just to stimulate her to eat. I would avoid, you know, real fatty or real spicy foods. Uh, It sounds like it is a little strange sometimes to have a picky eater. Uh, My little dog, uh, she's four pounds, uh, Chihuahua, and uh, she kind of eats when she wants to, and I leave her. Actually, she controls her weight. She's not gaining any weight. But I just leave her food, uh, dry food generally, in, in her bowl, and she eats when she gets ready. Um, some of the canned foods are good, and I would suspect that the Merrick food, does she like that better than the dry?
3: Well, uh, you know, I we've never fed her just straight canned. Right. Uh, uh, we... Uh, you know, have mixed, right. uh, the two and, right. you know, she's getting, uh, an ounce, ounce and a half, uh, you know, at, you know, with each meal. So right. it's not a large quantity right. of anything
1: over the years. I'm convinced that, uh, dogs that are going to, I'm thinking about dental problems. Now dogs that have dental problems, a lot of people think, um, oh, i feed dry food and it's going to help the teeth. But in general, uh, canned or dry food dogs can build up plaque and tartar. It might be good to have her teeth checked, even though she's three years old. I guess it's a girl, right? You didn't? Correct. I didn't. Yes. Well, uh, the the other thing is this: online you can find uh, several books uh, that you could look at that would have home recipes. If you wanted, felt so inclined to cook. The problem with adding too much stuff to her diet is that you might cause an imbalance. And uh, I would suggest if you're going to add things to the diet, maybe to put her on a vitamin supplement as
3: well. I, I, and I didn't mention that uh, we uh, supplement uh, with a daily pet tab.
1: Okay, that's a good. If it's a pet tab brand, that's a great, uh, great vitamin. I feed that to my big dog and my little dog. So, anyway, good luck with that. It's. It sounds like you're doing okay. As long as she's not underweight, uh, I suspect that you're you're doing okay with her. Okay. All
0: right, uh, David. Thanks for your call. Appreciate that. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a pet question for Doctor Major, the number to call is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. dot org. Mitchell's on the line. We'll get to your call in just a minute, Mitchell. But first, here is an email. Uh, It says, we have a total of six cats. One of them, the newest cat, was given a normal dose of Revolution. When we went to the vet, he was diagnosed with a low PCV count in the 10 to 15% range, I think. The vet thought it was a reaction to the Revolution. The question is, would he be likely to have a reaction to other brands brands of flea control, such as Frontline, Advantage, Capstar, and Cheriston? Well... That's a good question, and we don't know what its pack cell
1: volume was prior to the Revolution. Uh, I've not had that as an issue uh, with the cats. It sounds like they were trying to treat, prevent fleas, Mm -hmm. and this cat may have been anemic to start out with. I don't know. That's interesting to question what the pack cell volume would have been prior to uh, applying the Revolution. Uh, Revolution in general is safe. Uh, And so are the others that were mentioned. Capstar is a wonderful uh, pill that only lasts for about 24 hours, but it starts to work immediately and kills all the fleas that are on a cat or a dog. So it's a great thing when you see all of a sudden you have a flea infestation and you want to do something. Then you have to use something else, whether it's Revolution or some other product. Uh, I would be careful with this cat, though, if the vet thinks that it is a reaction, uh, maybe another uh, pack cell volume check and say uh, another, say, three to four weeks would be wise. And if this cat has not been checked for leukemia and feline AIDS, I suspect that would be wise.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Mitchell on the line uh, calling in from Macomb. Mitchell, thanks for calling in. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, hey, I got a... To about five to seven years old, and about a month ago, a few weeks ago rather, stomach got upset, and her bowel movement was black like tar, and we Googled, and they told me a lot of stuff that could be wrong, so I fed, I wormed her over the counter, and then I fed her old chicken breast for about four to five days, and chicken broth. And she seemed to got better, and I put her back on her dog food, and she had the same symptoms again for another week, week and a half. Right. So I changed her dog food and got some of those made with real chicken, apples, green beans, carrots, and everything's back to normal. Okay. Is this something that I need to keep an eye on or it just be her
1: dog food was too rich? I would keep an eye on that. And, you know, if you haven't done it, I would suggest getting a stool sample checked by your vet. There are certain <clears throat> parasites, for example, whipworms. Uh, most of the common wormers uh, over the counter would not treat whipworms. Whipworms can cause that type of a dark, tarry stool. If it's dark and tarry looking, you would suspect there's bleeding somewhere in the GI tract. And uh, I would say that if she's doing fine on the food that you've started now, let's keep her on it, but keep a close watch. But if this does again, you really need to have her checked out, probably some blood work, just to be sure that there's nothing major going on over and above the food. Okay? Yeah,
4: Because like now, everything is normal. Color, right. everything
1: is... That's what I'm saying. Let's watch her closely, and if it recurs, occurs i would say that definitely she needs to be checked out thoroughly
0: okay okay all right thanks for your right, call appreciate mitchell it. Mm-hmm. good to hear from you this morning hey we've got some open phone lines if you have a pet question for dr <laughs> troy major you can give us a call the number is one mpb ring it's 1-877-672-7464 you can email the show send it to animals at mpbonline.org So, Dr. Major, I think a question that we talk about a lot here is, you know, when to be concerned about uh, behavior that might be a little bit out of the ordinary. For example, if your pet is suddenly not eating like it did before or not drinking, um, what's sort of a timeline to where, you know, that's not a big deal versus this is something that I'm I'm a little bit more concerned about and I need to take a trip to the veterinarian?
1: Right. Right. Just... uh you know, dogs and cats are pretty smart. If they don't feel like eating, sometimes they, they won't, whereas I think we eat by the clock more than, than we probably <laughs> should. And in those cases, uh, I usually, if they're not vomiting or having diarrhea, I would suggest uh, 24 hours, maybe a little bit longer. But if they continue not to eat or act lethargic, uh, certainly see the vet, uh, the Thing, overriding thing though, if an animal has persistent vomiting uh, more than once or twice and has diarrhea, they really need to go in and be checked out.
0: All right. Uh, is it more concerning if a pet stops drinking than eating or vice versa? <laughs> uh,
1: I'd say much more concerned about not drinking. Uh, you know, uh, dogs and cats both can go quite a while without. but uh, if there's over 24 hours, I'd say there's something that's that's going on that needs to be checked out. On the contrary, a lot of times our dogs and cats will drink excessively and, of course, urinate more uh, frequently, and this could be a tip-off of some uh, underlying disease, such as kidney disease, uh, diabetes, uh, or one of the other type diseases that would cause that.
0: So the good thing is, that the lesson here, I guess, is just pay attention to your cat's uh, eating habits and if there is something out of the ordinary. And I think also, too, it could always be a call to your vet first before maybe a trip just to check things out and to right. see what your vet says about right. whether they want to follow-up or something. Exactly. All righty, back to the phone lines we go. Next, we're in Memphis with Christine on the line. Good morning, Christine.
5: Good morning, doctor. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I wondered, I have a red healer mix a rescue dog and she bites the front legs of her best friend dog and tries to control her at all times and i wondered if there was anything that i might do to break her of that habit half the time they're best friends and run and frolic the other half of the time she is biting her front legs and just being terribly rude
1: Right, biting, biting her friends or the other dog's legs. What kind of dog is the other dog?
5: Um, a mix, okay. also a mix. Yeah.
1: You know, one of the things with the healers, whether it's a, uh, even a border collie or one of those other dogs, the healers, uh, Australian shepherds, all of those have a tendency to be nippers, and they want to herd. They want to herd people. They want to herd the dog. And this may be her example of trying to, you know, herd this dog, or it may just be a bad habit. I think you're probably in need of talking to a professional trainer, somebody that can help you. Not necessarily a trainer, but somebody that has insight to observe the dog and to see what's going on and can give you some pointers. Uh, uh, Obviously, they're good friends most of the time, but, uh, you know, it's... I guess as long as she is not causing damage to the other dog's legs, uh, you may have to just deal with it or accept it. But uh, there are people in the Memphis area that can help you, uh, and I, would, I don't know anybody to recommend for you, but certainly there could be. Uh, the other thing, are they fairly active normally? You give them plenty to do. Oh, yeah. Okay.
5: Oh, yeah, they're running. They they run. Okay. But, yeah, but I don't know. It's
1: not boredom then. It's just I think it's a behavioral thing based on uh, some of this uh, DNA that the dog has, basically a healer. Anyway, good luck with that, and, and talk to some people that might be able to help you uh They're dog psychiatrists now that uh, maybe maybe don't put out a shingle and say that, (laughs) but they do help with behavioral problems. Check and see. Well, I
5: surely appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank
0: you. All right. Thanks, Christine, for your call. Time for another break. This is Creature Conference on MPB Think Radio, and it's an all-pet day with Dr. Troy Major. If you have a pet question, you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Email the show. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. Got a guessing game for you during the break. What percentage of U.S. households own pets? Is it 48, 58, or 68%? We'll have the right answer for you after the break, so stay tuned.
2: An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio.
0: Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. It's an all-pet day today, so we're looking for your pet questions. The number to call, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-MPB. 672-7464. You can always email the show as well. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. Before the break, we asked the question, what percentage of households in the U.S. are pet owners? Is it 48, 58, or 68 percent? According to the 2017-2018 National Pet Owners Survey conducted by the American Pet Products Association, 68 percent of U.S. households own a pet, which is 85 million families. So, Pets are a very important part of our lives here in Mississippi, and that's why we certainly appreciate Dr. Major uh, coming in every week to help you with your pet questions. Back to the phone lines we go. Kent is in Ashland this morning. Good morning, Kent. You're on the air with us. Go ahead.
6: Hey. Hi. um, I'm calling about, I have a mixed dog. She's 66 pounds, pretty good-sized dog. And about two years ago, she had heartworms and we put her through the treatment to get rid of the heartworms. And now she seems to be having, which has been going on about two years, but she has, a uh, like seizures that didn't start until we treated her for heartworms. And, uh, I was wondering if there's something I can do about it.
1: How often the seizures?
6: Um... I, some it, it varies. Sometimes it, she'll have one a week for a couple of weeks, and then it might be a month or two okay. before she has another one.
1: Okay, and duration-wise, are they real severe seizures, like a grand mal seizures, or are they uh, mild?
6: No, they're severe. Okay, she locks yeah. up. All okay. her muscles lock up, and slobber starts running out of her mouth, and sometimes she yeah. throws up.
1: Right, so it's a real, it's a real, uh, what I would call a grandma seizure. Uh, she may fall over. Probably, if she does, um, this this happens. Uh, have you, has your vet tried any medication uh, for her for that?
6: No, I hadn't even took her okay. to the vet.
1: Okay, if the frequency is increasing, and it sounds like they're fairly severe, there's several medications that can help control that and one of them is uh, Phenobarbital. Uh, There's another one called Keppra. Usually the combination of the two seems to work pretty well, but I would really have her checked out. Uh, I can't tie the heartworm treatment to that, but at the same time, uh, heartworms, uh, the microfilaria, frankly, can travel to any part of the body, Uh, and there have been some issues where they've actually seen on post-mortem exam, uh, heartworm uh, larvae that have migrated through the brain. So there could be some tie-in with the heartworms as far as the seizures. Uh, I would I would have her checked out and possibly put her on medication. I think it would be good.
6: Yeah. She's okay. uh, six years old. Right. So, um, and I, she, I don't like it when she has the seizures. I okay. jump down and grab her and hold huh. on to her. And,
1: Right, and remember, she
6: just jerks all over and just real tense.
1: Right, and usually the medication will help prevent those. The other thing, since you mentioned uh, trying to help her when she's having a seizure, I haven't seen where a dog would actually swallow its tongue or anything like that. It's always a fear. Don't try to do that because you're going to get bitten uh, if you should uh, mess with her mouth. So uh, good luck with her, and I hope you can come up with a resolution that will
0: help. All right, Kent, we appreciate your call. Let's move on. Next, we've got Bill in Greenwood. You're on the air with us, Bill. Go ahead.
7: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm the guy, uh, Doc, that uh, told about the uh, cat with the raccoon. Right. Uh, I tried to catch her, but, you know, she's only here at night. She's obviously, I guess, a scout for the coons because you stay gone all day, and then uh, at night, she'll show up, they will show up, and when she leaves, they leave. Uh, She's just, totally wild animal because you know i can't get near her but sometimes you know uh she will come up to me and try of uh maybe touch me with her nose and right. just check me out <laughs> but okay. the chickens would do that too so i don't oh. really know what to do about it
1: <laughs> well be careful don't don't uh get bitten by either the cat or the raccoons uh it'd be great if you could send us a picture if you can get a uh picture of her on your phone or whatever but uh that is an unusual situation. It seems like they have a pact, as you say. She may be the scout for food. I don't know, but uh, yeah. we appreciate your call. With that, it's an interesting story.
7: Yeah. Well, that's all I can do is just feed them, and I was just wondering, you know, later on if I ever do catch it, what would I do? Just take it to the vet, shot stuff.
1: Uh, that would be good. Uh, I would definitely not try to take the raccoons to the vet. Okay anyway, yes, it would be good for her to have her shots if you can catch her, okay?
0: All right, Bill, we appreciate your call. Let's uh, next move on. Uh, Ken has called in from Jackson. Good morning, Ken. You're on the air with us. Good morning.
7: I first want to remind you guys that Wells Fest is about to happen, and I think it's next weekend over on Lakeland Drive, and they do have uh, puppies that, that are homeless, and they're looking for families for them. And Wells Fest does a great job in supporting uh, our our pups.
1: That's great. I appreciate appreciate you bringing that to our attention.
7: Now, second thing, I got something just to make you laugh. My sister asked me to keep her dog, which I told her, "Okay, I'll do it." Dog's about eight years old. She gave me one stipulation: you got to feed her with a fork. I <laughs> said, "Oh no, I, I don't feed a dog with a fork." <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that dog went four days half starving before it found? Every day I would take the food and mix it up with put a little <laughs> fresh food in it. And the dog would look at me like, Where's the fork?
6: <laughs> how so big I, is I'd
7: pull up a chair to the food and point it, and the dog would look at it. After four days, the dog finally realized, I am not going to get fed with a fork.
1: <laughs> how big is that and if dog? You,
7: if, if you'd have seen his face, it looked, she looked so nasty at me about, right. gee, i got to stick my face in the bowl and eat some food.
1: <laughs> well, let me say this. Uh, it sounds like you took good care of your sister's dog, so that's good. But uh, I have seen and actually I had to do surgery on a dog that uh, obviously they were feeding it with a spoon or a fork. And the spoon that they used, actually the dog swallowed the spoon and had to have surgery to get it out so tell her to be careful with that fork okay
7: okay but i i I raised malmute okay and uh i would never do it to a malmute i would never do it to any dog (laughs) you don't feed a dog with a fork
0: (laughs) well she's got it well spoiled okay all right, Ken. Take care. Thanks for your story. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, and we've got some open phone lines ready for your pet questions for Dr. Troy Major. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 672 7464 You can email the show. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. So, Doctor Major, we get a lot of questions on the show about uh, pets and uh, the size of the pets, or their pets eating too much. How you know our pets overweight and that sort of thing? Is there a way to kind of maybe gauge by looking at it if your pet is at a healthy weight? Good
1: question. Uh, I would say that probably forty-five. Well, maybe not that much, but in forty to forty-five percent of our pets are overweight. Now. You have to look at it from the standpoint of what you would consider overweight. If you're looking at your dog, especially from the top down, they need to have a waist. In other words, you need to see some indentation uh, at the waist. The other thing that you really should look at would be if you can feel just the bare top of the backbone and ribs without having to poke too hard. Uh, That's just a good at-home type assessment. Your vet, I'm sure, has charts that can show you uh, what uh, uh, body type or body score you would have. But uh, I think that's a good assessment that you can do at home. You shouldn't. The dog should have a waist. Maybe there are a few breeds that don't have a waist. Like I won't go into those. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and that's that's a good good way to look at it. Talk to your vet about it if you have any doubts. But uh, And you can control, a lot of people don't think you can control the weight, but you really can control the weight by the amount of food that it, the dog eats or cat eats. On the other hand, there are some medical conditions that uh, could uh, predispose to weight gain, such as hypothyroidism uh, and other other conditions like that.
0: All right, and then earlier in one of the callers, you had mentioned uh, the idea about cleaning a, a, a dog's teeth. Um, How often do you think dogs should go in for a dental cleaning? And again, I think we've mentioned a couple of things that maybe you could do at home to help out with the pet's teeth as well.
1: Certainly. And, you know, some of this is genetic, just like in people. I see dogs that are seven, eight years old that have had no dental care and they have pristine teeth without the owner doing anything. On the other hand, I see dogs that are three years old, four years old that have a lot of plaque or tartar. And what happens? With the buildup of uh, plaque, the gum line recedes, the root becomes exposed, and then you have a tooth that is weakened and uh, certainly can have to be pulled or removed. So that can cause some pain in the in the dog. Things you can do at home, if your dog would let you, you can certainly brush teeth. Uh, cats are a little bit harder to do than that because a cat's a cat and they're not real excited about those things, but... We have, uh, I'd say, I don't know that I could say how many people, but we do have a few people that come in the clinic that actually brush your dog's teeth, and that can be done, and especially if you start at an early age. Uh, there are foods that you can feed that will help uh, uh, some, but uh, there's, there's one called a TD treat, which actually is designed to help, but it's more of a supplement than the food itself. As far as the duration, I would, uh, most people are in for at least an annual check mm-hmm. or a semi-annual. Have your vet check the teeth each time you come in, and they can give you guidance as far as how often or when the teeth would need to be cleaned.
0: You know, I would imagine if a uh, pence having a dental problem, it would might affect the, how they're eating, but also just maybe their general disposition I know when you know humans have a, a, a toothache or whatever we're certainly not in the best of moods and right. so uh, that might affect a, a pet's behavior as well. right well think about this uh,
1: it, just just as in people. Uh, gum disease, gingivitis, all these things can affect the heart and uh, kidneys, uh, general well-being and uh, it is something that we need to be aware of with our pets.
0: All right, time for one more break this hour. It's an all-pet day on Creature Comforts with Dr. Troy Major. If you have a question, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can email the show as well. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. Got a couple of callers on the line, but still time to work in your call as well. We'll be back with more after this, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, and it's an all-pet day on Creature Comforts, so we're taking your pet question. Uh, still time to work in a question or two if you give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can email the show. Send it to animals at mpbonline.org. Off to Mobile we go. Mikey is on the line this morning. Good morning, Mikey. You're on the air with us.
5: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate all the great information that you give, as usual. Um, Thank you. uh, And I I just, I don't know if this has been observed by someone yet on this show, because I haven't heard the entire show, but uh, it's just hot. It's hot and mobile. It is like, it's been like record-breaking heat. It was 100 degrees last Sunday. That was right. the temperature. Right. Right. And so with the heat index, it was like 110 and 100 or 111, something like that. And it's, since then, it's been not quite as hot. It's only been down to like 98, maybe <laughs> 97, you know, uh, something like that. But again, with the heat index and stuff, and my dogs are not eating like they usually do. And I think that that's got a lot to do with some of it. Now, I wish that worked in humans because I kind of go the other way. I tend to eat more because I'm nervous. <laughs> nervous about hurricanes, nervous about the heat. All right. So um, what do you think, Dr. Troy?
1: Well, I think the dogs are pretty smart. They, they, they really uh, kind of judge. They just They probably aren't exercising as much. I would hope not. And uh, they're just uh, say, hey, we don't need to eat as much. Uh, you may have missed that, but we did have a, a case uh, yesterday with the toxin, a little bit overweight, uh, but it had 108 temp when it came in, and it had been outside only about an hour and a half. And it wasn't intentional or anything like that, but the little dog just really uh, was in bad shape. But uh, actually, I checked this morning, and it looks like we're going to be okay.
0: All right, Mikey, always good to hear from you. Thanks for your call. Let's go next. We've got uh, Ken, who's called in from Pearl. Good morning, Ken. You're on the air. Go ahead.
7: Good morning. I have two questions. Uh, My wife is uh, feeding the dog uh, like brown rice, chicken, hamburger, frozen vegetables with some eggs. She's kind of not using dog food. Is that okay Mm -hmm. for the dog to have?
1: That's okay. Uh, There are some uh, things that she can find online that you can find online that would show you a little bit. A balanced diet, and when you're doing that, I would add a vitamin supplement uh, to the uh, to the dog's diet.
6: Okay, but yes, you can cook.
1: You can cook for the dog.
6: He's a Chihuahua, and he weighs about
7: ten or twelve pounds. She's feeding him a quarter cup a day. Okay. She to, is that about the right amount, or
1: would you say the dog is overweight or pretty no, no, much okay? No, no,
7: no, no, It's a Chihuahua mix, about ten to twelve
1: pounds. Okay. I would say that uh, probably that's about right. And okay. uh, all right. It's it's hard to measure to you know when you say uh, whatever cup half cup whatever without looking at the dog. But I would say whatever's going on, it sounds like a dog is in good shape. So that's great.
0: All right, Ken, we appreciate your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Have a couple of emails here. <clears throat> this first one says we recently lost a cat to complications from. Stomatitis, am I saying that correct? Yes. Uh, I've never heard of the condition before and suspect most cat owners have not. I thought Dr. Major might talk about the condition and treatments, including pulling teeth.
1: Well, that's that's a very uh, what timely subject. We see it fairly often, not, not once a week, but we see it pretty often. And it's a, I feel like, directly related to an immune system problem. Uh, and when you say stomatitis, the cat usually gets a granulation or exuberant uh, gum tissue, when I say exuberant, increased tissue. And a lot of times the teeth will bite against that when the cat tries to eat. It can cause uh, infection. It can cause, as I said, drooling. Uh, one of the treatments for that in some cases is actually to pull the teeth. And in even some of those cases, it doesn't help completely, but at least they're not having the trauma of the teeth biting against that tissue. The other thing that some cats respond to with that condition is is steroids, uh, actually giving steroids on an as-needed basis uh, to help with that problem.
0: All right. Uh, this question asks if there's a group that provides basic veterinary services at a reduced rate for pets owned by people on disability who lack the funds.
1: Not to my knowledge. Talk to your vet. See if they can help you some with that. Uh I would say that uh, I know I don't know of a group, but there may be one. If somebody knows, they could give us a call or uh, email us and let us know. But uh, most vets that I know, and us included, uh, we will work with people that, uh, as best we can, with people that that need some assistance. But uh, it's not something that you can. Overdue, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Right. And also, I would say, uh, suggest uh, an online search, uh, maybe not a a vet that provides that, but there might be a group that helps out uh, people in that situation.
1: And and there are are people or groups. uh, Some of the rescue groups will help with that. All
0: right. And uh, this last email. Our golden retriever, Dachshund Mix, is a six-year-old rescue. He's about 30 pounds. By the way, that seems like an odd (laughs) mix to me. That's a big old dog and a little small wiener dog, but... Interesting. Uh, he's about 30 pounds. A few years ago we noticed a small pebble-like bump on his chest. Our vet said it was a fatty tumor or lipoma and that it was nothing to worry about. In the past few years it has grown to the size of a small marble. It doesn't seem to bother him, but it always worries me. Should I have looked at it, should I have it looked at again or is that normal with that sort of situation?
1: I'd suggest having it looked at again. And a lot of times the texture can tell you a lot if you feel it and it it feels like fat. You know, probably that's what it is, a fatty tumor, which is called a lipoma. Dogs can have that, and a lot of dogs do. On the other hand, it may be something else, so I would have it checked again. I think it would be wise.
0: All right, now this is interesting because I was just about to ask what that dog would look like, and I believe they actually sent a little picture with it. So it's more the size of a dachshund kind of with golden (laughs) retriever-like fur is what it looks like to me. It is.
1: All right. It's a golden retriever with short legs. <laughs> there you go.
0: Okay, got a couple of minutes left. Um, when our pets get older, uh, especially dogs, um, what are some tips on helping them stay active and healthy? I know maybe like a lot of humans, sometimes when our pets get older, they might not be so anxious to get out and run around or whatever. But do you have some tips on keeping your dogs healthy, older, making, uh, making sure they get their exercise as they get older?
1: You know, a lot of the dogs that we see, if they get older, they do have some arthritic changes, uh, osteoarthritis, uh, hip or back type problems, just like people do. There are medications that can help with that. I think good exercise or regular exercise is important not to overdo it. But, uh, uh, for example, uh, we have a sister has a 13-year-old golden retriever. I believe that's right anyway golden retriever and uh his name is sandy and you know he he really has responded to some of the uh, uh medication that is used for arthritis such as remedil uh or Carprofen, one of those and it's made a lot of improvement as far as the ability to get up and move around so there are things that some of the glucosamine type products work as well uh which can help uh, but exercise within reason is important
0: all right, and by the way, Lauren's the one that sent us that uh, the question, and that is a cute little dog there. Like I said, I it, it surprised me of that mix, but he he looks like a cute little guy, and hopefully, uh, he'll be all right with that uh, lipoma that she asked about. Right. Uh, just about thirty seconds left. It's a chance to remind you that uh, you know during Creature Comforts we love to hear your or get your emails about your pet questions or your brushes with wildlife. But you can also send them throughout the week if you have a question or if you have a comment, maybe something that you'd like to hear us talk about on the program. Please feel free to use that email throughout the week to send us some information. Uh, the number or the uh, it is animals at mpbonline dot org. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funding provided in part by listeners like you. To hear today's show or a previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash Creature Comforts. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screeners today were Michelle McAdoo and Liz Gill. So for Dr. Troy Major, I'm Kevin Farrell. Up next is our Thursday 10 a.m. show, AutoCorrect, with the lady auto mechanic Allison Walker, celebrating their one-year anniversary this week. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts, heard only on MPB Think Radio.